0: Addicted to True Crime? Catch Killer Cases and more spine-tingling shows on a and Crime Central. Crave Adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free
1: shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity Voice Remote. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea.
2: Hello everyone, it's Eves, checking in here to let you know that you're going to be hearing two different events in history in this episode. They're both good if I do say so myself. On with the show. Hi, I'm Eves. Welcome to this day in history class, a show that reveals a little bit more about history, day by day. The day was April 20th, 1968. British Member of Parliament Enoch Powell gave a speech to a Conservative Association meeting in Birmingham, England that became known as the Rivers of Blood speech. Powell, a Conservative MP for the Wolverhampton Southwest constituency, used the speech to espouse his opposition to mass immigration. He argued that so-called ordinary English people were becoming a persecuted minority and strangers in their own country. And he said that for immigrants, integration was difficult, if not impossible. Powell proposed ending almost all immigration into Britain and encouraging immigrants already there to leave voluntarily. Needless to say, the speech was and remains controversial. By the time Powell gave his speech, hundreds of thousands of people from the Commonwealth of Nations countries had moved to Britain. This was largely due to the British Nationality Act 1948, which created the new status of citizen of the United Kingdom and colonies that applied to people who were born or naturalized in the UK or its colonies. These people were permitted to live and work in the UK without a visa, which led to a rapid increase in immigration in the UK over the next two decades. British laypeople and government officials began to object to the large number of migrants and expressed their desire to bar new immigrants and to send immigrants already there back out of the UK. In 1950, a cabinet committee formed to figure out, quote, ways which might be adopted to check the immigration into this country of colored people from British colonial territories. After that committee found that no restrictions on immigration were required, the issue was tossed around without any real conclusion for several years. But in 1962, Parliament passed the Commonwealth Immigrants Act, which tightened regulations on the immigration of all Commonwealth passport holders. According to the act, Commonwealth immigrants had to apply for a work voucher graded based on their employment prospects to be able to settle in the UK. In 1965, the government reduced the number of vouchers available. After Asians from Kenya and Uganda began to immigrate to Britain in 1967, Enoch Powell and other conservatives started campaigning for more restrictions on immigration. Parliament soon passed the Commonwealth Immigrants Act 1968, which further restricted immigration to the UK for citizens of the Commonwealth of Nations countries. To have automatic right of entry into the UK, the person or at least one of his parents or grandparents had to be born, naturalized, or adopted in the UK, or had to have become a citizen by registration under the British Nationality Acts. It was in a climate divided over the issue of immigration that Powell gave his Rivers of Blood speech. In it, he criticized the race relations bill going through Parliament that would make it illegal to refuse housing, employment, or public services to people based on color, race, ethnicity, or nationality. He argued that in a couple of decades or less, quote, the black man will have the whip hand over the white man. He gave an anecdote about one of his constituents, a white woman, who was harassed by so-called grinning pickaninnies. And he pointed to the race riots and violence during the Civil Rights Movement as an example of what would happen in the UK if they stayed on the same path of immigration and race relations. Powell said in the speech, It almost passes belief that at this moment, 20 or 30 additional immigrant children are arriving from overseas in Wolverhampton alone every week. And that means 15 or 20 additional families a decade or two hence. Those whom the gods wish to destroy, they first make mad. We must be mad, literally mad, as a nation to be permitting the annual inflow of some 50,000 dependents who are for the most part the material of the future growth of the immigrant-descendant population. It is like watching a nation busily engaged in heaping up its own funeral pyre. Nowhere in the speech did Powell say the phrase rivers of blood, But near the end of the speech, he did say the following. As I look ahead, I am filled with foreboding. Like the Roman, I seem to see the river Tiber foaming with much blood. This allusion to Virgil's epic poem, Aeneid, is where the nickname for the speech comes from. During his speech and after it was finished, Powell was applauded. After Powell gave the speech, people came out in support of repatriating immigrants, while others denounced his racism. After he gave the speech, conservative leader Ted Heath dismissed him from the conservative shadow cabinet. And eventually, he left the conservative party and became an Ulster Unionist. Powell's suggestions to restrict immigration did not lead to any major anti-immigration policy changes. But his anti-immigrant views were popular at the time, and the phrase, Enoch was right, gained traction in the years since. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. Get more notes from history on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at T-D-I-H-C Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you come back tomorrow for more delicious morsels of history. Hello everyone, I'm Eves and welcome to this day in history class, a podcast where you really do learn something new every day. I hope you all are still doing well. I'm doing well still recording here in my closet. I know that the days can get pretty long and sometimes monotonous, but I do hope that this podcast brings something new into each of your days and to each of your lives. So let's get on with the show. The day was April 20th, 1946. The League of Nations, an intergovernmental organization that formed after the First World War ended, was dissolved. The League of Nations was the predecessor of the United Nations. Back in 1914, a British political scientist named Goldsworthy Lowe's Dickinson drew up a scheme for an international organization to maintain peace and called it the League of Nations. Dickinson, along with the British academic and politician Lord Bryce, founded a group of international pacifists. In the U.S. in 1915, a similar organization called the League to Enforce Peace formed. It promoted arbitration and imposing sanctions rather than going to war. In 1918, the British Foreign Secretary, Lord Balfour, appointed a committee on the League of Nations to study the feasibility of creating such an organization. The committee was known as the Fillmore Commission, after its chairman, Walter Fillmore. The Fillmore Commission recommended the establishment of a Conference of Allied States, whose members agreed not to go to war with one another without first submitting the dispute to arbitration. In June of 1918, France also drafted a proposal advocating the establishment of an international council. After U.S. President Woodrow Wilson saw the Fillmore Plan, he instructed his advisor Edward House to draft a U.S. plan that incorporated his own views and those of the Fillmore Commission. Some of Wilson's views were idealistic, For instance, he suggested the prohibition of dishonorable behavior between states, such as dishonesty and espionage. World War I ended in November of 1918, when Germany signed an armistice agreement with the Allies. The Treaty of Versailles, signed on June 28, 1919, ended the war between Germany and the Allied powers. An estimated 20 million people died in the war, as militaries were able to cause a lot of destruction with new technologies like tanks, airplanes, and machine guns. Beyond the casualties, political, economic, and social structures broke down in the wake of the war. People began to demand that some sort of method be established to help prevent another devastating war from happening. There was a lot of support in the UK and the United States for an international body that could maintain peace and prevent further wars. British politician Lord Robert Cecil and South African statesman Jan Smuts were the principal drafters of the Covenant of the League of Nations. By the time the Paris Peace Conference began in January of 1919, the proposals for the League of Nations had gone through several revisions. But that month, delegates agreed to form the League of Nations. Part 1 of the Treaty of Versailles established the League of Nations. In June of 1919, 44 countries signed the covenant, which served as a charter for the organization. The League of Nations was officially established on January 10, 1920, when its covenant went into effect. It held its first meeting on January 16. The U.S. never joined the League, whose headquarters were at Geneva. Though the organization did successfully mediate minor international disputes, it did not prevent the outbreak of the Second World War in 1939. It was dissolved on April 20, 1946, after the United Nations was established. The United Nations continued many of the operations that existed under the League of Nations, like the Committee of Intellectual Cooperation, which became UNESCO, and the Health Organization, which became the World Health Organization. I'm Eve Shefcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you'd like to send us a comment or you have any questions, you can send us a note on social media. We're at T D I H C podcast. You can also send us a note via email at thisday@iheartmedia.com. Thanks again for listening to the show, and we'll see you tomorrow. work.